0: hi i'm anna claire harper and you're listening to the return a property and investment podcast sharing insights and information on key topics from real estate technology to sustainability feel free to get in touch or follow recent news by connecting on linkedin anna claire harper hi and welcome to the return the podcast which opens up the world of investing making important information easier to understand and more interesting I'm Anna, and in this episode, I had the privilege of interviewing Jacob Papagiorgio. He is the head of education at London Block Exchange, a dedicated multi-cryptocurrency exchange, and he's also the founder of Bitmera, a community which aims to simplify cryptocurrencies through education. Now, I recorded the interview at the end of last year, and since then, things have changed in the crypto world as well as for Jacob. At the time of the interview, the hype around cryptocurrencies as well as valuations, were at a peak. The content is still highly relevant. Jacob's approach is strategic and research focused and in some respects quite risk averse, both in terms of taking a long term investment strategy and also how he approached his own personal investment. At the time of the interview, for example, he was continuing to work full time in the city while building up his crypto investment portfolio until he was really confident that it was worth his while committing to the investment strategy fully. So the interview is especially relevant for anyone who's interested in the idea of investing on the side of a job, whether it's in crypto or other asset classes, and also for anyone who has considered investing in cryptocurrency.
1: So
0: over to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Jacob, and thanks for joining.
1: Hi, everyone, and thank you for welcoming me.
0: (laughs) So cryptocurrencies have been pretty much everywhere over recent months, on the off chance that anyone's missed them. Can you just briefly explain what cryptocurrencies are and how potential investors can make money from them without using too much technical language?
1: Yeah. Um, It's funny with the technical language. I will try my best. (laughs) Okay. So to conceptualize this, I'm going to give like a little backstory. So basically, cryptocurrency is a form of digital money in very simple terms. And this was founded in 2008 by somebody called Satoshi Nakamoto, which is his anonymous pseudonym. And basically, it works as a medium of exchange using cryptography to secure its transactions. Um, One of the most famous cryptocurrencies is Bitcoin, which um, I'm sure everybody has heard of.
0: Mm, Can't Um, get away from it. (laughs) It's
1: been on the news everywhere. And (laughs) basically, it's it's a technology, it's a currency, and it's an international network of payments or exchanges, if you like, that's completely decentralised. So what that means is it doesn't rely on banks or any third parties. But again, it's similar to pounds, euros or dollars. Um, Bitcoin is a currency that's not owned by a government, though. Mm -hmm. With cryptocurrencies alongside Bitcoin, you can send them all over the world globally from peer to peer for a small fee. And um, Bitcoin, as I said, is not owned by anyone. It's open source. It relies on consensus or, in other words, agreements. And to address from uh, the investment perspective, it's favored by investors as a store of value. So like gold, Bitcoin is known as the digital gold. Just to put some numbers to it, it has increased by approximately 1,200% since the 21st of January last year. Investors can buy and hold or trade cryptocurrencies on various exchanges. And just like the stock market, the principles of trading, making money or losing money are very similar.
0: OK, so I'm going to challenge you on a few things. I'm not quite convinced that putting money in cryptocurrencies in general, not necessarily just Bitcoin, is actually investing, as it all seems pretty speculative to me. Um, And cryptocurrencies also don't seem to be really being used as currencies as their kind of principal use. So this isn't really what's driving values. How do you see it, investment or speculation?
1: (laughs) That's a very good question, actually, because um, I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, Cryptocurrencies come since 2008 and they have been a speculative market since the inception of Bitcoin. Mm. As you may have said, there are very few use cases, but that's because the technology. So blockchain distributed ledger technology is still at its infancy. Mm. However, I myself, which, you know, I modestly say I've, I've done a bit of research. I consider myself as an educated ind- individual or more of an enthusiast. I see it from a technological aspect and therefore I would call it an investment because I don't look on the speculative value of today. So the news and updates, I bear in mind the technicalities. So I see it as a long-term investment. And just to, to kind of comprehend that again in everyday caveman terms, mm. uh, somebody that said some came up to you seven years ago and said, look, there's a company called Skype where you'd be able to see someone as we are right now overseas globally through this video. Mm. That also is speculative way to see this investment. So. You know, fast forward seven years ago today, the people that based their um, research on the speculation and saw it as an investment are now reaping rewards. So in the same way, I see blockchain and Bitcoin as disruptive to financial markets as Skype was, as Facebook and Snapchat were to social media. Yeah. Let's say as the internet was to the information era, I think Bitcoin is as disruptive... As a, as a trust mechanism. So depending on one's views, the strategy can be perceived as a little bit of both, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I understand. So, so you can see it as investing in technology, but as a currency, the, I suppose the currency element isn't really what's driving values. Is that fair? From my, from my side, yes. So you talked a bit about sort of different strategies. What are the options for making money from cryptocurrencies and what are the typical returns?
1: Okay, so I'm going to try and cover this Again, simply, and this is also based on experience. Mm. So I might not entirely be correct, but I've had to learn the hard way. Sure, um, <laughs>
0: it would also be it'd be interesting in that to talk a bit about, for example, trades and how how many trades, how much time, and so on. You would have to invest or speculate in order to make money. Um, so it would be, be good to hear about that as well.
1: Yeah. So of course, by all means, this is you know not financial advice. It's what I've gathered from. Being in this space for quite a while, mm-hmm. um, I see you know making money in cryptocurrency the same as making money in any other stock stock market. So just to put that into perspective, the stock market or the crypto market is based on risk appetite and portfolio management. So as an individual, I have basically addressed that in three sectors. So it depends on low, medium, and high risk, and you can set up a portfolio of cryptocurrencies and adjust it accordingly if you have some experience in doing so. So for example, if you want a low risk portfolio to make money incrementally, Mm -hmm. something like a low risk portfolio would consist of, let's say 80% Bitcoin, 10% Ethereum, which is another cryptocurrency we can go into, and 10% Litecoin. Mm -hmm. So as the market grows, those will grow it incrementally as well. So for instance, since December, the market cap was about 80 billion and it's 400 plus billion today. So a reward as such on a long-term investment, if you're going to buy and hold, can generate from 50% to 100% return on investment. However, you can adjust into more of a medium and high risk portfolio. So a medium portfolio would be something like 50% Bitcoin, 20% Ethereum and the rest, so 30% in alternative other currencies that are a little, so the the risk of them going up or down is a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And contrastingly, you can have a high risk portfolio which is made up of let's say 20% Bitcoin, 10% Ethereum and 70% altcoins. Mm -hmm. So just to put that into perspective, a high-risk portfolio can generate something between 3,000 to 5,000 return on investment, whereas a medium one would go from 150% to 1,000. And that all has to do with um, investing in low-cap coins, coins with less volume, You know, coins at early inception that are undervalued versus the ones that are in the top 10. But there's also another very, very good way of making money, which I advise people like my mother, for instance, who is completely clueless (laughs) on making money. So essentially, as I mentioned before, Bitcoin is a store of value, like Mm -hmm. gold. So you put it in in the hopes that it will go up over time. And based on its deflationary nature, it is actually rising, as we've seen. What this method is, is called dollar cost averaging. Mm -hmm. So that essentially, in simple terms, means accumulating your investment. Regardless of the price. So take my mother, for example, I said to her every Friday, if you can afford to lose $20 or pounds or euros, you're going to put, you're going to buy 20 euros, for example, of Bitcoin every Friday and do that for a year, regardless of the price. Yeah. So over a period of 365 days in the hopes that the market will rise as it has. Mm-hmm. Let's make it mathematically here. So. Let's say 25 euros in in Bitcoin a month is about 100 per month, times 12 months is 1,200. So, with the rise of of Bitcoin, that 1,200 can be either 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, depending on the rise and the return. So, I think that has pretty much covered the question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How many trades would you be making? How much effort would you be putting in in order to make the returns that you described?
1: So, with the high risk, Strategy, I would consider it because I'm a long term investor. I don't focus on daily trades, but my high risk strategy would involve maybe five to 10 trades per week. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing is monitoring the high volatility coins and finding early entries. Once you see, let's say for instance, I have a high risk um, profile, I'm looking for a 20% gain per day. So I go into, I don't know, XYZ alternative currency speculating that based on um, market needs, market news, for instance, it's going to deliver a platform on uh, February the 1st. So in a week's time, Mm. I'll get in today, read the charts, do my analysis, and then know that by February the 1st, because I can see the technical analysis, which is another thing I can talk about, there's a formation called a bull flag on the chart. That I'm sure everyone that's traded a little bit would be aware of. That would signal that there's a formation showing a bullish trend so on. By February the 1st, I would be prepared to exit that and be happy to redistribute that 20% gain. And that applies to to all the high risk investment.
0: Okay. So and talk talk us through the technical side of things as you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, so for instance, I, because of my full-time job, I focus a lot of fun, on fundamental analysis, but it's also very good to be aware of technical analysis. So technical analysis is essentially being able to visualize trends in the market. So there's certain figures, you know, that you learn in trading 101, like a, a bull flag, for instance, that I just mentioned. A bull flag is an indication of a bullish market so that is essentially once you you can draw the chart or see it in front of you there'll be a consolidation pattern so basically the support level and the resistance level on both sides of the of the share or coin are are coming are tightening so that increases the tension and once the the gap closes you know that it's going to spike upwards
0: so what you're saying there is on the technical side of things less driven by fundamentals, but more driven by watching the patterns. But obviously, yes. with a busy day job and as many people do, I guess you you can't be spending all day sort of sitting on your computer waiting for things like this to happen. So yes. your approach instead is to focus on more the fundamentals and the and the um, te- technological rather than sort of technical.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Sounds good. And so. Talk me through the process of how you make investment decisions, whether you're assessing an individual opportunity or or the wider portfolio.
1: So the the way that I started making decisions, and I said I learned the hard way, yeah, (laughs) was basically jumping in as an experiment. I said, I'm gonna put X amount of money in and try and see what I can do, what I can learn from it. Yeah. And I found various different ways to assess the market. So from a fundamental perspective, just like um, a private equity firm, for instance, would do a valuation prior mm-hmm. to depositing yeah. any sum of money. The fundamental analysis of Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is based on um, certain factors. Yeah. So I can I'll be happy to name a few. So ask myself some key questions prior to entry point. So um, first of all, there's a thing called a white paper. So in in everyday terms, it would be something like the business model that the the, the uh, cryptocurrency is is writing about, so it's a detailed proposal by the development which outlines the purpose and mechanics of the coin. Okay. So that's step one. I'll dive in, read it, see if there's any value attached, and I ask myself the following questions. So one would be, does it solve a problem? And if it does, what is the solution? Is it innovative? Does it have disruption, uh, disruptive potential? How different is this coin that I'm reading? Um, to its nearest competitor mm-hmm. are there any um, legal barriers to entry how big is the target market you know how reputable is the history of the team you know that they, usually they'll go you know i have x amount of years experience at this bank or to this university so you, immediately you assign credibility and then that leads to what's the likelihood of delivery you know what's your roadmap does it say you're going to deliver the product by Q4 2019 or Q3 2018, so that way you can gauge how long term or middle term you are in the market. That, another one is, you know, the marketing presence, the coin supply, how many exchanges are facilitating this coin, are there um, upcoming news, and of course check for any red flags. So <laughs> Google is your best friend if mm. you go in and go, you know, I'm investing in uh, Blue Coin, for instance. Um, Suddenly, I Google it and it says, you know, oops, don't don't get into this one. You know, there's no team, yeah, or something. It's an immediate red flag. So my main strategy when I value them is I look for for technologically minded people that are releasing a product. That way, I can assess it. So, for instance, Ethereum basically facilitates smart contracts, and it's run by a strong team. I know that you know by next term they're going to deliver something. Whereas another coin that's highly speculative, that has a funny name and no team, that's a no-go.
0: So it's it's kind of a little bit like investing in startups in the sense that you're looking at the team, at the value proposition and the time to market. Yeah. Okay. And so is there anything else that kind of drives value that you haven't mentioned um, for for different cryptocurrencies?
1: So one of the, the easiest things to address is for instance, as, as we mentioned in the previous question about speculation, mm. is attaching credibility to the coin that you're looking for. So I'm gonna use Ethereum as well because it's one of my favorite coins out there. Yeah. And recently it's been on the news because it's, its software is being adapted by Barclays and Credit Suisse for experimentation. So immediately you know, okay, this platform has enough credibility to be recognized by these two large firms. Mm. If they're going into experimentation mode, that means that it has spiked an interest. So immediately the credibility of Ethereum will go up versus something else.
0: How much um, difference does it make you doing your research and how much information do you need to make a profitable investment decision?
1: So that's a very, very good question because um, the majority of the market goes in a little bit blindly. Mm. Danger of the volatility of cryptocurrency. Yeah. So I mean depending on your preferences depending on your time um, you can be completely clueless and go okay I'm going to go into this coin because my friend said so or because bitcoin is is um you know the most well known one and I'm willing to wait 5 years so I'm going to do this one but you won't experience the same returns as you would in a kind of medium risk profile portfolio but with regards to time I think most importantly if you spend let's say a week researching the business plan the white paper understanding and answering the questions that i asked previously that's kind of a factor that would limit the time so depending on on your appetite as well like for instance i'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to research so i spend anywhere between 1 month to 6 months prior to getting into any any currency So if I'm sure about it, then I'll go in. But whereas others, if you see the community and the validity early on, you can invest within a matter of hours. But again, bearing the risks.
0: Yeah, that's a lot more research than I was anticipating a month to six months. Because I sort of, I suppose from an outsider's perspective, it sort of seems like things would change much faster than that. So do you not lose the chance of the, the big gains if you're waiting six months before you actually invest? Or is that for you that's protecting your downside?
1: So because I'm very risk averse, yeah. and I kind of counter it with the knowledge that I already know. If mm. I see um, the likelihood of an application that, for instance, is similar to Ethereum, mm. I've already done this research since a year ago. So you start to see um, similarities in the trends of the offering of this coin. So for me, it won't take six months for the second application I see. Yeah. Whereas to get into Ethereum took me six months. So once you understand the fundamentals of what the technology has to offer, then it, by all means um, the process is shortened and you can get in and experience the gains.
0: So in general, then, it sounds like sort of doing your research is, is actually a huge differentiator in terms of returns, but also in terms of, sort of understanding at least your downside uh, or potential downside and understanding the potential returns.
1: Yes, of course, because if, if you come in blindly without understanding, then you know you don't want to base your investment on luck you you kind of want to know where your money's going into mm. so i would suggest kind of spending more time but of course that your confidence will increase once you you know read the business plan that might take 15 minutes to an hour yeah and you can start gauging from there.
0: So one of the exciting aspects I think of cryptocurrencies is the very low barriers to entry for investors. What mm. kind of investor is typically attracted to cryptocurrencies and why? And are there any non-monetary advantages?
1: So in, in terms of investment, as we were all aware, suddenly um from even last year to this year, Bitcoin itself has gained a lot of um recognition from mm. institutional investors. As you can see, you know, there's Bitcoin was listed on on the futures market so yeah. i presume you know now kind of people from hedge funds or private equities are putting their money into bitcoin hedging it against their already existing portfolios so from a from a technical standpoint it's fascinating for me to see that big institutions are gaining recognition sure but as the years were going on, being immersed in this space earlier, it was mostly, you know, your average Joe or your kind of enthusiast that was entering this market. And to compare it, you know, like the Forex market is a trillion dollar market, whereas Bitcoin up to 2017 was in, was about 20 billion. So only now it, um, has it gained recognition.
0: And so there's no, no typical kind of ind- individual. I mean, it's just become incredibly popular. So everyone's jumping on the bandwagon in a way.
1: Yes. I mean, <laughs> where it was simply the enthusiasts, now you get, come, you know, walk down the street and you hear everyone's coming mm. for
0: it. <laughs> no, I think kind of the answer to this question, but what are the biggest risks and how can potential investors sort of mitigate or limit them? Uh, we talked earlier about how they can understand them and quantify them potentially. What can they do to reduce
1: the chances? So, the, the biggest thing we've answered so far is um, a term in the cryptoverse called DYOR which is do your own research. Uh And to that, another term is FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. So fear of missing out is potentially the biggest risk that would cause the downfall of an investor in cryptocurrencies because people will go, oh, look, my friend told me to buy Ripple. It's gone up 800%. And you just see a green chart. You dive in blindly and little did you know, in 24 hours time, your investment has halved in value. Mm-hmm. So the downside, as, as well as the upside, is the volatility in these markets. So if you can educate yourself and have a, for instance, medium risk portfolio, then you will reap these rewards longer term. Yep. As long as you know what you're doing, because if you blindly invest, the likelihood of it coming down will also kind of come to yeah. you
0: So what do you think will change cryptocurrencies as an asset type the most going forward, whether it be technology or regulations or anything, any other factors?
1: So as you correctly said, I think both of those aspects would change um, the way Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies are perceived Mm -hmm. because currently Bitcoin is having a scalability problem, which is leading to very expensive fees. But um, the development team, is putting together meetings and they're trying to implement this thing called an atomic swap or the lightning network. So that will immediately um, basically cancel out all these um, large transaction fees and upgrade the technology because it's still at its infancy. There's so many people diving in to try and use it that it can't uphold the volume. So, and another key thing is, as we may have seen recently on the news, is the regulation So we're getting some crazy banners going, China will ban cryptocurrency, X country has banned cryptocurrency and this and that. But from from an enthusiast perspective, I believe that in the long term, this is very good because regulating these kind of markets will only make them better.
0: In terms of using or in terms of investment or both, that you, you think regulation is not a bad idea?
1: So I think it, it um, touches on a little bit of both because yeah. regulation equals um you know essentially monitoring being able to attach um capital gains tax for instance transparency and that will only increase the value and credibility of the cryptoverse So how
0: can an individual get involved and actually implement crypto investment strategies
1: <laughs> Okay um so with regards to those routes there's various types of ways to get into the cryptoverse um essentially all you need is a laptop and a credit card mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, most well-known route is a company called coinbase
0: mm-hmm.
1: so all you need to do is go in there and apply for um verify yourself show your passport your identity so they can ensure, you know, the KYC measures, and then you literally click buy as you would in any other market. You know, there's applications for stock markets like plus 500, for instance, and where you buy Bitcoin and then it kind of lives in a digital wallet. Um, You can also go and purchase it manually through local Bitcoins. Presumably there's other brokerages that work in the same way from a euro market. There's Bitpanda and so on. Mm -hmm.
0: So, you don't need a, a broker, but, you, but it could be useful potentially. Yes, it we'll, Okay, cool. What about the tax considerations and implications for an individual crypto investor?
1: So, because we're still in the early days, as we said, regulation would kind of perfect these implications. Mm. So, f- from as far as I know, as I've said, you know, I've put my money in as more of an experiment. Yeah. Um, that's all in the learning process. So, I presume. It will apply to the same um, rules and regulations as any HMRC guidance. So, you know, professional trading equals income tax. Investment equals capital gains ca- uh, tax. So, there's no way of knowing until you actually file a return and regulation yeah. soon of how the um, the tax would be impacted on your investment. Want to watch then? <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, and for potential investors who want to learn more and potentially invest, you've mentioned a couple of approaches to doing more research. Is there any specific resources that you could recommend? I feel like th- there's been an awful lot of hype and there's some concern about how reputable certain sources of information are, because, you know, where there's money involved, there's always someone trying to pull the wool over people's eyes or whatever. So I'm conscious of making sure these are reputable sources. But what would you recommend?
1: So I'll I'll give you a few that I personally use. Um mm. some are more credible than others. So I'll start in in kind of the most credible order and go downwards. Um so one of my idols that I've been following since about two years ago is Andreas Andonopoulos, who's okay. basically like the Bitcoin messiah. And um he's written two very simple books called The Internet of Money, Volume One and Volume Two, which are essentially um, a series of talks that he has on YouTube, too. But it, those are probably my number one starting point for anyone that's new that wants to conceptualize Bitcoin, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Okay. And um, for a deeper dive, you can also go for mastering Bitcoin, which was also written by him. But on a more, um, you know, kind of daily basis, Reddit, surprisingly, is one of the best Sources I go towards. I um, go specific? on the subreddit Crypto Markets. Mm-hmm. I also use um, Coindesk and telegraph, which is basically your guardian equivalent of the cryptoverse. Um, also, another key thing, which is funny enough, I have compiled a lot of um, PDFs and documents for learning purposes for a little uh, community I run called BitMera. Mm-hmm. And there's um, some people that follow the community as well that are um, essentially launching an exchange called the London Block Exchange. And they've done some educational tutorials for early investors to come in. So all these sources together, along with um, the books I recommended and Medium.
0: Is there anything that you wish you'd known about crypto when you started investing, which others could learn from?
1: So fundamentally, as I said, I was quite risk averse on my approach. Mm. When I said learn the hard way... (laughs) I wish someone had told me, do not buy high. <laughs> I mean, as as much as you think, oh, I'm not going to do that, you will yeah. always fall down on your feet when you see that, you know, you, you see that game, it's human emotion. Yeah. So I believe the, the biggest advice I can give to someone is be able to to have your emotions away from you when you trade. That's
0: good advice. <laughs> and <laughs> and just tying up now, if listeners are interested in Bitmera or in reaching out to you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: So I haven't really put myself up on social media because I prefer the kind of word of mouth kind yeah, of type yeah. the community. So the, the best way to get in touch is to go on bitmera.com. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: B-I-T-M-E-R-A.
1: To- yeah. Yes, that's Perfect. correct. And um, <laughs> As soon as you submit the email, that would come through to mine. And then I will give you access to my um, private WhatsApp group. Cool. Fantastic.
0: Well, that has been super useful. Thank you
1: so much for your time. I'm really, really happy, you know, that this is useful. And even for me, you know, every day is a new learning curve. Yeah. That's why we run these communities and... But by all means, happy to help. And this was really enjoyable. Cool.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. What I loved about this interview is it shows that crypto investing is not always just short term gambling. It can be longer term and founded on genuine use value. Jacob is also a great example for aspiring investors in any asset class who start out having a passion on the side of a job and are looking to shift into focusing on investing full time. This is something that a lot of potential investors can envisage or are in the process of doing. Thanks for listening. And as ever, you can find out more on our website, thereturnpodcast.com, Instagram, the.return.podcast, Facebook, The Return Podcast group and page. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you've enjoyed or learned something from the podcast. Your reviews really help other people to find the podcast as Apple Podcasts loves reviews. Thanks and goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Return. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review
1: as this really helps other people to find the podcast.